Now today it's a different place All the same with a new face With strange mysteries hanging in the air People in their sane minds Swear they see you today Are you looking for the love they took away? Welcome to Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. I'm your host, Tessa Morrow, and the music is courtesy of my friend Bobby Mackey. Now, not too long ago, I went on social media asking people who have had encounters with the supernatural, the paranormal, the unknown, and the unexplained to share their spooky happenings with me. My dear school friend, Maddie Soul, did just that. What she confided in me was heartbreaking, eerie, and just a bit chilling. Marisol and I have been friends for well over 20 years, and we've remained friends and have kept in touch. My parents divorced when I was young, and they lived about 30 minutes away from each other, and we would stay at mom's one week and dad's one week, and it was totally split down the middle, which was awesome. My mom lived in a small town in New Mexico where there was a little Mexican restaurant and every Sunday we were with my mom we would go there for dinner it was like our ritual we would go and have a great meal there and I would always get the Frito pie that was like my absolute favorite thing so if you ever find yourself in the small town of El Rito go check out El Ferlito because that my friends is my dear friend Marty Soul's family's restaurant. With that being said, let's hop, skip, jump, and dive mm-hmm, right into Marty Soul's encounters. I want to welcome my dear friend Marty Soul to Paranormal Prowlers Podcast, and joining her is her sweet seven month old baby Dante. So if you hear some adorable baby gurgly sounds or even a little cry, you know who it is. It's not her or me. It's little Dante, little cutie over here. So, <laughs> so welcome to the podcast, my friend. And so, Madi Soul, have you always been a believer when it comes to the paranormal? Yes, always. Yeah. My whole family has always believed in the paranormal. Me too. I've always been a huge believer. I just seems like I could never get enough of it. You know, we've been friends for so long that I, that's one thing I guess I didn't know about you, that you were into, like, you know, that you were interested in the paranormal. If I knew that, I would have dragged you along to, like, some cemetery or, you know, something to, <laughs> somewhere to go investigate. <laughs> yes, yeah, we never came up in any of our conversations or hangouts. I know. I well, you know, it's one of those things. They could either really piss somebody off, or if they don't believe in it, they get really offended. And not like I thought you were that kind of person, but you just never know with people, like, you know, how they'll react to something like that. They could be a super sensitive, touchy thing. And so you just never know, I guess. But, you know, a few weeks back, I had an episode that was based on visitation dreams. And it was around your 18th year, right? Your 18th summer that you started having this recurring, bizarre, unexplained dream. Kind of talk about yeah. that. Yeah. Describe these dreams for us and how did it make you feel? So, I mean, like you said, it started 
turning 18, and I kept having this weird dream where this little girl in this dress that was so beautiful that you could tell it was handmade, and old blue, like we're talking 1800 blue dye. Wow. And she was this really pretty little dark-skinned girl. I only ever saw half her face. The first, I want to say, like, 100 dreams I had of her. She was always just kind of standing in different places in my house, in my dream, and she was kind of twirling like little girls do in their new dresses. I'm sorry, I just need to say real quick, Marisol, you guys, that's crazy. Like, my first 100 dreams, like, first. Like, it's like, holy crap, how many dreams did you have of this girl? Like, you know, oh, the first 100 dreams. (laughs) I had a dream about her every night for about a year and a half. Oh, my God. And so did she ever talk to you, or...? Not in the first part of it, and then things just kind of went crazy in the dreams where she'd start getting kind of angry, mm. but she would never look directly at me, and I was trying to talk to her, but she would never really want to talk to me. She'd just start kind of moving real awkwardly through places in the house, and I'm like trying to speak to this little girl, um, this is really weird. Right. And... Then one night, I had this dream, right around Christmas time, where she was standing in our living room, and we had it all decorated for Christmas, and she's twirling, and she stops twirling, and she turns completely around and faces me, and I woke up terrified, because when she looked at me, half of her face was gone. Oh, my God. And... I got so startled, I just, I couldn't handle it, and I woke up, and it was a Monday, and I was like, okay, you know, that was really weird, there has to be something going on here, but, you know, maybe I'll talk with my dad later, Yeah. and I get up, I get ready, and I go with my mom to Santa Fe, and I don't talk to my dad, because he was so asleep, and I'm thinking about the dream all day long, and then we get home, and it's about four o'clock in the afternoon, and my dad comes running outside. And he's like, you guys, you guys, you guys are going to believe what happened today. And we're like, okay, this is weird. You never come outside when we get home with groceries. <laughs> so we go inside, and he's like, I didn't touch anything. I was sitting in my chair watching the news, and that pool cue, and you've been in my house, so you know the center of where the pool table is. Yeah. We, we had a pool cue standing up by a window, and it spun from the window to the stairs going up to the living room. No way. By itself. And then it fell right in front of the steps. Oh, my God. And I'm like, you didn't touch it? And she's like, no, because then it gets crazier. So I'm sitting here, and I'm like, okay, you know, I'll just ignore what's happening in the sunroom. And he told me, I'm sitting here watching the news again, kind of forgetting about it, and I see this little girl under the corner of my eye. And I turn to her, and I look at her, and I say, where did you come from? And she turns to me in this old blue dress, and she says, I'll be damned if somebody hadn't shot this little girl in the face, it looked like. Oh, man. Wow. And I look at him, I'm like, oh, my God, Dad. I've been dreaming about this girl for so long. That's incredible. 
Wow. And she's on me. She just, she stood there and looked at me. And then I blinked and she was gone. Wow. That's incredible and that then, you were dreaming about this girl yeah. forever, it seems. And then he sees her not in his dreams, but in his, like, awake state. Yeah. Yeah, when you told me about this for the first time, I was reading it as you messaged it to me. And I got chi- I got chills when I was reading it. How long do you think this went on for your dreams? Like, would you say, like, a year, two years? Like, what would you ballpark it at? A year and a half. It was because I kept track of it because it was so reoccurring, and it's like this is this is weird that it's happening this often. So I started writing it down in a little journal. That's incredible. Do you still have that journal? I do. It's upstairs. <laughs> Journals are a personal thing, so I won't ask you to go grab it and read from it. But I, I mean, that yes. is pretty incredible. That. It's almost like she was, like, trying to, like, talk to you, trying to, like, you know, maybe let you know what happened. But in the fall of the same year this was all happening, you found yourself to be kind of not doing so good. And you said, like, you know, almost every night you were waking up and it was getting kind of unbearable and at one point you woke up and something really strange occurred, right? Yeah. It was, I had been, at that point, I had been sick for two years and not telling anybody that I was not feeling good. Ugh. You know, I I was raised in a family where if you're sick, you're weak. So I didn't want to tell anybody because I didn't want anyone to think I couldn't handle some little stomach pain. Mm. <laughs> and at the week that it all went really crazy, I woke up. And it was a Sunday night, and I went upstairs to my bedroom, and I was going to the bathroom, because I felt really sick, and I heard, are you okay? And I said, yeah, and I looked over, and I saw someone sitting on the couch in a white dress, and I was like, wait a minute, and I looked back, and they were gone. Wow. And I was like, okay, that was really weird. (laughs) Right. And then I end up in the hospital with what turned out to be gallstones that were so bad that it inflamed my gallbladder and was backing up into my liver, which is why I was so sick. Wow. But I I went to school with you around that time, and you never... You never let on, and me and you hung out almost on a daily basis, and you never... Even your friends who wouldn't think you were weak if you said something, you never said that. So, geez, I'm sorry you went through that. Yeah. I, you know, I never told anybody, and it was just the breaking point, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Where it was just my body couldn't handle it anymore. Right. And, you know, I go through the surgery. I come home. It's about 5 o'clock in the afternoon in the summer, and... We're pulling up, and my mom is pulling into the driveway, and my brother's house is right behind my parents' house. Mm. And on his porch, going into a little room he built on his porch, I see the same woman in the same white dress. Oh, incredible. And my mo- I look at my mom, and my mom was white. Oh, so your mom saw her, too. And her, yeah, and her jaw was open. And I'm like, did you see that? And she said, did you see that? I said, yeah, I saw that. (laughs) Oh, my God. Amazing. (laughs) And she told me, 
that look just like your Aunt Dorothy. Wow. That even look like the dress she was buried in. So is this your, okay, so Aunt Dorothy, is this her sister or your dad's sister? My dad's sister. Okay. Even, like, to the point where the dress that she was buried in. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Chills again. That's amazing. I mean, and so this is the first time, well, you know, the first time was when you were in the restroom, but have you seen her since, or did she try to say anything else to you? So... It's really weird because when all of us are together, like the whole family is together, mm-hmm. and we're talking about this stuff, yeah, we can all remember since we were little talking about a woman in a white dress. Oh, interesting. And, you know, like now, my memory is a little hazy from when I was younger from a car accident, so I'm like, I kind of remember seeing her when I was little, but not very clearly. So she's been gone a long time. Yeah, she's been gone since, oh my gosh, the early 80s. She passed away before I was born. Oh, jeez. Okay, wow. And she's always showed up when somebody in the family wasn't doing well. My dad kept seeing her before Christmas this one year. He kept seeing her and kept seeing her. And he kept feeling worse and worse, and it turned out that he was diabetic, but he kept seeing her in the house. Oh. Huh. So my dad thinks that she shows up when people aren't feeling well, and it's like, okay, maybe I should go get checked at the doctor because something's wrong. <laughs> right. That That's incredible. It's like almost like she's like, okay, guys, stop. Don't be stubborn. You're not weak. You're ill. You're literally ill. You need to get your fanny to the doctor and get checked on. Don't be pr- don't be too proud here. Yeah. And that's incredible that your mom actually saw her too. So validation for yourself. Like, okay, I'm not just imagining things. I'm not just seeing things. And somebody else saw her. And not only does somebody else see this person, this woman, but she's actually able to identify this woman as somebody who's family, which is amazing. Yeah. Oh. And it really helped because I was like, okay, so I'm not just going crazy. I'm actually right. seeing this stuff. So jumping back to the little girl... She finally ends up actually speaking to you, right? Yeah, yeah, in a dream. Like, the last dream I ever had of her. And she's standing in my bedroom with me. And I tell her, hello. And she turns and she looks at me and she says, hi, isn't my dress so pretty? My mom made it for me for my birthday. It's my birthday today. Aww. And... I'm going to go show my dad. My dad's up, and he's hunting for, I wanted deer for dinner, so he's going to go hunt a deer for us. Oh. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I actually woke up just crying because it hit me exactly what happened. Right. And it was heartbreaking to think, this poor little girl was going to show her dad the dress that her mom had worked so hard to make her, and he probably accidentally shot her thinking she was a deer. Right. Absolutely. Yep, you succeeded in giving me goosebumps again. That, (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean, that is so heartbreaking, indeed. 
And it's always interesting when you hear about people who die on their birthday, you know, and it's just, I know we're all going to go at some point, but it's always like just out of all the days of the year, you, you know, it's like you die on the day that you were born and it's just like ironic. And so it kind of makes me want to go and see if I could find like an, like a news article or something I know you mentioned while talking to me through Messenger, you mentioned that your great great grandpa was a medicine man, and yeah, you feel that, and you know, feel that maybe these things have occurred because of that, right? Yeah, well, you know, we and yes, I'm here, so you know, Felipe Ortega. Yeah, he was one of those. He, you know, he was a medicine man himself, and. He was telling us, you know, well, it makes sense because in his exact words were, your great-great-grandpa was a curandero, and, you know, his he was in charge of speaking with the spirits in his tribe. Wow. So it makes sense that his ancestors would have that ability as well. Right. So, Marisol, do you have any other paranormal or supernatural or unexplained occurrences that have happened that you'd like to talk about? Oh, yeah. I have one more. It's going to, like, this one. Ooh! My <laughs> husband, my husband, poor thing, was terrified. <laughs> we rented a house here in New Mexico, here in northern New Mexico, and there was this rock formation outside in the backyard. Hmm. And... I always felt really attracted to it, but I could never explain why. Yeah. And then one night, I tell him, I feel watched, and I roll over, and there's a doorway in our bedroom that leads to the outside, to the backyard, and there's a woman standing there. I'm like, oh, my God. Cody, there's somebody in the room with us, and he's looking, like, I don't see anything. I'm like, Cody, there's a woman standing at the foot of the bed just staring at me. Oh. And that night, I was like, okay, you know, no big deal. I go to sleep, and I'm woken up by him pulling me back inside the house because I'm outside at the rock formation rearranging rocks. What? No way. In my sleep. Oh, my God. Whoa. And so I do this for about a month and then he's like okay no we need to do something because this is getting ridiculous you wake up you're not even waking up you're going outside every night and you're rearranging rocks (laughs) and so I call Felipe yeah and he comes by and we're looking at this rock formation and what I've done is on the north east south and west I have replaced a big rock with four rocks in the same like vicinity around it in the north, east, and southwest direction. And there's a huge rock that you can tell I had been trying to move, but I couldn't. Yeah. So he tells us, you know what? Cody, help me roll this rock up to the top of this formation. And they start pushing it, and as they're rolling the rock, there's pictures drawn on it. So Felipe's like, holy cow, okay, I know exactly what's going on here. So they set it up, and he turns it until he feels like it's just right. 
so it's matching the box that I had set up. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, I'll be damned. This was a stop for the tribe that actually kidnapped my great-great-grandmother. What? No. So they had to stop and pray. What? Oh, my God. Mind blown. Are you serious? Yeah. <sighs> and we took pictures of this stock formation. None of the pictures came out clear enough for us to do anything with. Really? Really. It was so weird. We kept taking pictures. We kept taking pictures. And every picture would come out blurred. And I told my husband, I'm like, okay, maybe we're not supposed to take a picture of this. Maybe we're just supposed to leave it alone and leave it as is. Yeah. You know, we fixed it. And after we fixed it, I didn't have any more dreams. I wasn't walking outside anymore in the middle of the night. It was really, it was interesting. Well, that doesn't surprise me that freaked your husband out. That would have freaked me out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, honey, I love you, but like, are you like possessed? Do I need to? Do we need to conduct an exorcism? What's going on here? I'm pretty sure that's why he called Felipe. He was like, Felipe's gonna come. He's gonna say this girl needs an exorcism. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna fix this. Right. We're gonna, we're gonna cure her of the demon. So, do you still live in that same house to this day? No. Yeah. No, we don't. We moved. It was just. It never felt quite right there. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't blame you no, with the no. history you found out about in the backyard where, you know, kidnap, you know, ancestors. Uh, yeah, that would be kind of weird. Yeah. So we, we moved, and oddly enough, this house also belonged to family members that were from a long time ago, and we're like, oh, okay, maybe I'm just going to live in every house that every family member around here has ever owned. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's not a bad thing. Not all the time, anyway. <laughs> not all the time, no. <laughs> See, you guys, I told you she had a lot to talk about, a lot to share from, you know, a little little girl trying to share what actually happened to her, to her aunt coming to visit, and to the bizarre rock formations in the backyard. I mean, just holy Toledo. Anything else you want to share? <laughs> you know, nothing is coming to mind right now. I'm like, I know there's other stuff because, I mean, I've been seeing stuff my whole life. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, blank. Well, that's okay. We could always have a part two some other time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> It'll give me time to go through the journal and get everything that I've seen. <laughs> yeah, that'd be really interesting to hear about some more of that stuff for sure. Yeah. Well, a huge thank you to my dear friend Marisol and sweet little Dante, which we didn't hear much of, Dante. I was hoping to hear a little more of your little cute noises, little guy. <laughs> He's like, He's distracted. Silence. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> So a huge shout out to my dear friend Marisol and little Dante <laughs> for being on this week's episode. Speaking of episodes, did you enjoy this one? Check out the others. They are equally awesome. Want a weekly reminder of when these awesome episodes are released and available for your hearing pleasure? Yes! 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 Okay, okay, calm down. 
You could subscribe to Paranormal Prowlers podcast through iTunes, Castbox, Overcast, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Pocket Cast, Podcast Republic, TuneIn Radio, and so many more. That was easy. It sure was easy. I totally agree. Do you or someone you know have paranormal encounters you'd like to share on the podcast sometime? I'd love to hear all about it. You can email me at paranormal.prowlers.podcast at gmail.com. See you next time, my vamps and ghouls. I grab my guitar and I play I got the mercy